You know, a lot of people stay away from artificial light because there's this misconception about what it looks like. You know, we all have those visions of those like 80s, 90s, you know, box store portraits that are like overly lit and really sharp and like all these things. Uh But you really can create anything you want with it. Like you could, whatever natural looking light means to you, like whatever you see, like if you see something that's beautiful, that's being created by the sun in the window, you can absolutely create it with a bulb and a softbox, right? The same rules apply. Welcome to another episode of the Light and Dark Photography Podcast. I am your host, John Mansfield. Um, this, is a, this is a podcast for photographers and creative entrepreneurs uh, to help you grow your community build your business, um, and have the lifestyle that you dream of. Uh, my, my guest on the show today is Sandra Cohn. You can see her here. I'm not sure which, which side I'm on, actually. Uh, I'll just wait. <laughs> uh, but you can see her next to me if you're watching this live. Um, and uh, yeah, she is the premier maternity, newborn, and family photographer in Seattle, Washington. She's a business coach, podcast host, um, and uh, she is amazing at taking artificial light and creating natural looking light for her photographs. And today that's what we're talking about. We are talking about how you can create natural looking light for your photographs. Um, so Sandra, welcome to the podcast. Yay. I'm excited for you to be well, here. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was introduced to you. Oh man, probably like a, a couple of years ago now, uh, from, uh, mutual friend, um, uh, Tosh Haynes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I just started following you after that. I was like, yeah, I can see why, uh, you were like, you need to go follow Sandra. Cause, uh, I, uh, your, your photos are, uh, amazing. Like the, the way that you use light is, uh, is very great. I feel like I'm fading into the shadows <laughs> like, now because it's overcast outside. <laughs> no, you look fine. No, Tosh is great. Okay. I love them. They're dear but, friends of mine. She and Ike, yeah. um, and they're they're in my book actually. <laughs> oh, nice! Yeah. Oh, cool! That's amazing. Yeah, yeah and I've I've seen that you've uh, you've photographed them before, mm-hmm. uh, so that's really cool. Oh man, I have to I have to check out your book now. Yeah. Um, not not that I wouldn't before, but now now it's even cooler. I got I got friends. In you, there. you do. They're like um, all of chapter seven. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that's so cool. So, okay. Um, Sandra, give us a little, uh, background about you. Um, I mean, I already kind of talked about where you're based and, 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 uh, some of the, the things you mainly photograph, but, um, but who is, who's Sandra Cohn? Okay, sure. <laughs> so I, I am Sandra Cohn and like you cool. mentioned, I'm a Seattle based newborn family photographer. Um, I've been doing this my 23rd year in business. I started in 1999. So I've been doing it for a minute. Nice. I have a studio here in Seattle that keeps me very busy. Um, in addition to that, I've, you know, kind of evolved into the education space in the industry. So I'm an industry educator, best-selling author, speak all over the place, you know, that sort of thing, a business coach. And I teach photographers, like you mentioned, how to create natural looking light with strobes and flash. And um, not only as a skill that I think it's important for photographers to be able to take control of their light and their art, you know, but also mm-hmm. um, from a business perspective, part of what I do is I'm a marketing strategist and brand strategist, teach photographers how to build profitable businesses. And really, those two things are so inter interwoven 
You know, like, like when you're a photographer, light is the cornerstone of everything you do, right? Like we literally can't do our jobs without it. And so learning to control your own light, craft it, create it the way you want it. So, uh, brings a level of consistency to your work, which elevates your brand and helps you build a strong business. So it's a little what I do. I love all of that. Uh, like, especially as like you're talking and my natural light setup that I have today is like changing. Right. And that just like <laughs> illustrates have, the point. Cause me. like we all exactly. love natural light. Natural light's beautiful, but it's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. It's not reliable. Oh, yeah. you know? So. Oh yeah. Oh, especially the, the weather. I feel like I have become obsessed with the weather, uh, after becoming a photographer mm-hmm. where I'm just like, is it raining? where are the clouds going to be and, you know, trying to, to figure out what kind of light I'm going to have on, uh, on any given day. Yeah. It's stressful. Um, That's how it started for me. Honestly, you know, I live and work in Seattle, Washington and, um, you know, we are famous for our (laughs) bad weather and it's true. And our bad weather (laughs) corresponds with, you know, the kind of starts the rainy season starts in the fall. Just when for me as a portrait photographer, my business would pick up, right. Cause it's the holiday season. And so it became really, really stressful because I was always watching the weather. I'd be walking to work, just like dreading, like, how am I going to make this work? You know, I have huge, you know, windows in my studio, but even with my big windows, sometimes it's just not enough, you know, yeah. and you can't have an entire family pressed up against a window and you can't shoot, you know, a toddler at, you know, 1.4 and a 30th of a second you no. know? So, or like, keep them near a window because they're just yeah. running yeah, around. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, this is, I can't do this anymore. It was affecting my business. I would have to reschedule or cancel. Um, and you know, especially like the beginning of my career when I was, you know, like I would have booked sessions for the weekend and I was counting on that revenue for my family. So when I could, when I'd have to reset, even if I rescheduled or canceled and I didn't get that revenue for that week, it would, it, it would have a ripple effect, you know, like it was really, really stressful. So, um, and then my photos weren't always great. Like the pictures that I showed on my website were these bright light, airy looking images um, and the people who would come to me in, you know, November, December, January, weren't getting photos that look like that. And so yeah. then they were disappointed and like, it was just like all of these problems. And it's amazing how like one simple skill, right. One little, one little tweak, like solved, solved it all. Um, and it really, I really credit it like this one skill with what, what, enabled me to take my business to the next level, you know, financially and artistically and all the things. Yeah. I mean, and, and that makes so much sense with like, especially because y'all have a lot of like overcast Mm -hmm. days and a lot of, uh, a lot of misty days. And just about every time that I'm up there in the Seattle area, it's just kind of like misting at some point during the day. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like I, like, as you were talking about that, I was thinking of, um, you know, that kind of season, those transition seasons from, uh, like into, uh, into spring, into summer, into, you know, fall mm-hmm. where the weather is getting crazier and it's, you know, uh, super overcast or maybe it's going to rain and it's always that stress of, Hey, I know we had planned this and these are the photos that you really liked in my portfolio 
that are super bright and you know the the sun is shining and we you know can play with like some creative lighting with the harsh sunlight mm-hmm. uh and we are going to have a very overcast day it's going to be a very different mood do you still want to yeah. do this and like that stress like you're talking about of having to reschedule or dealing with the the fallout of uh of afterwards mm-hmm. where they're just like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't what, what I wanted. I this isn't what you're selling, yeah. which is a problem. And, you know, it's even true in yeah. cases, you know, now that I've been teaching this for as long as I have, and I, you know, talk to other photographers about this, like there's, there's the flip side too, because then there's climates where it's too hot to comfortably be working outside. You know, it's yeah. too bright. It's almost like, you know, it's like you're always fighting, you know, the harsh sun. And it's just about like what I always uh, tell the photographers that I teach is like, you know, as natural light photographers, I think a skill that we all have is being able to walk into any situation and really see what you're given and make it work in some way. And that is a skill. That's Mm -hmm. something to be proud of. But the difference is when you're in control, you get to have an artistic vision and then you get to craft it and create. And so it takes you from this place from, you know, just reacting to whatever's thrown at you to actually like showing up and creating with intention, um, which, you know, as an artist is, is fun, I think. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, that, that definitely opens you up creatively to where you're not pigeonholed into this is the lighting scenario that I have today. So all of these ideas that I had, I I cannot, I cannot perform, cannot do that. I have to do whatever the sun is. Yeah, giving me. totally. Uh, yeah. And, and I love that. Uh, just, I, I feel like that's just like creative, like liberation of just you have all of these ideas and as long as you know how to use the light and to to set it up where you need to like you can do everything that's in your mm-hmm. mind uh which uh which is exciting mm-hmm. for me i'm always like walking into rooms and just like ooh yeah totally. love the way like this like this light over here is doing this thing like especially hotels i'm in a like old i think this hotel was built in like 1902 or something um, which is one of the reasons why I booked it instead of the new yeah, one I do that down too. the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What does the lobby look like? Yeah. Does this have like some creative architecture and stuff?" Um, but like, just walking into this one, I was like, "This is very cool." Like the the way that the light was hitting um, the the archways and the exposed brick in you know the the lobby uh, just gets my creative juices going. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. Uh, like what you were saying with when you know how to use artificial light, um, as a tool, then the possibilities are, are absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of people stay away from artificial light because there's this misconception about what it looks like. You know, we all have those visions of those like eighties, nineties, you know, box store, portraits that are like overly lit and really sharp and like all these things, Uh but you really can create anything you want with it. Like you could, whatever natural looking light means to you, like whatever you see, like if you see something that's beautiful, that's being created by the sun in the window, you can absolutely create it with a bulb and a softbox, right? The same rules apply. And so that's really fun too. So like everything I do and teach, I, I, it's really simple. Um, I do everything with one light and one modifier. You don't need a ton of gear. 
And um, it's amazing what you can create with that, especially, I think, especially if you have a background as a natural light photographer and you're used to working with window light or, or you know, one window, um, then it's just mm-hmm. like you're carrying this portable window with you everywhere. And um, it's yeah. perfect every time. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Just like a, a window that you can move around yeah. uh, to where you're not stuck in this one corner that maybe like uh, the window that I'm sitting in front of right now, this wall is, it's just, it's a, a nasty looking uh, old uh, closet door. Yeah. Like I would not put someone here, yeah. but if I can move this window around, I could put them over here with this cool mural um of i believe it's a peacock in a tree oh i would love to be photographed in front of a it's, peacock in a it's, tree it's off camera right now but yeah <laughs> and very dark uh but yeah like i i love that uh like you're in control when you can control the totally. light um and and i think that's cool and you kind of touched on like maybe some of the uh, the misconceptions that people have about artificial light cuz we do think of like the harsh flash like on camera mm-hmm. just the you're shooting old, it like f11 or something yeah. right yeah yeah um which is kind of coming it back kind of into is. style yeah. now especially for wedding photography where people are wanting that for the reception and i'm like that is super easy to yeah. do i can <laughs> i can do that if you want yeah. um but but like that's what i know for me that was what i thought uh, artificial light was, um, cause I, the, the natural light photos that I saw was just soft. like this, the soft, soft fall off yeah. and like everything because it's the sun very far away. It was, uh, it, it was this nice, beautiful, soft, natural mm-hmm. light. And then the artificial light that I could recognize as artificial light. Cause like whenever I first saw your photos, I was like, Oh yeah, these are you know, yeah, oftentimes newborn photos are next to a window yeah, it or looks something. Like window light. And it looks like window mm-hmm. light. And then I saw your behind the scenes and I was like, that is not window light. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. That actually happens um, to my but, clients all the time. So people will come oh, in yeah. and they're like, what is, what's that? They're like, we thought that this, that, that, you know, one of the reasons we hired you is because like the way you use window light is so beautiful. I'm like, surprise, not oh. window light. <laughs> surprise this is my window (laughs) yeah i'll just take it with me yeah and and like the the photographs that i as like a an early photographer who was only natural light um because honestly i was afraid of Mm -hmm. using strobes and flashes i didn't know you know anytime that i tried to use something it was just really harsh and i was like well no that's not for me and the photos that i could recognize as artificial light um, or artificially lit they looked like that they were i was like oh well that's obviously not natural light me Um, too actually that's my story too so i was an exclusive natural light photographer for the first 12 years of my business and like very proudly smugly so because like I would for the same reasons I'm like uh, I just don't like the way artificial light looks and you know it's not for me and blah 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 blah, you know all the reasons that we all have but the reality is I couldn't do my job the way I needed to so that's that's how this whole thing started is like I never thought in a million years like I would ever 
be teaching people or writing books about it or whatever, speak on stages. But right. for me, I was like, I needed consistency in my work. And so I, and I'm a film photographer. I don't know if you know that. So I shoot exclusively on film. So that's even, yeah. even more so because I can't just crank up my ISO. Right. And like, no. All of that. So, um, and there were no resources specifically for film photographers on, uh, using lighting and any lighting tutorial that I did find, it was like, you know, multiple lights and like assistants holding reflectors and it all looked like very scary and complicated. And I was like, mm, that's not how I work. Oh, yeah. That's not how I want. And so I started yeah. with the, like, how do I just, like, I started studying my window light photos, right? Like, what do I like about them? What are the qualities that I want? And then I just started to try to, to reverse engineer it and kind of created the system, um, that I use now and that I teach. And it's funny too, because the internet loves to tell me that I'm doing it wrong, right? <laughs> because the way I do it, <laughs> I use, it isn't the way I think a lot of people are traditionally taught, um, to mm-hmm. use our, I mean, you've seen my behind the scenes, so, you know, like, right. People love to tell me that I'm using my modifier is wrong and, you know, I'm doing this wrong and I'm meeting and I'm like, well, okay, but I created the system to create this look and it works. Right. So, yeah, yeah, this is, this works for me and, for a and lot I of consistently other <laughs> get this, this product. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, man, some photographers are just, we get so stuck in what we've been taught yeah. or what we assume is correct. Um, as I, uh, on my digital cameras, I, I shoot crop sensor. Mm-hmm. I have crop sensor, uh, Fujifilm cameras. And so many people are just like, when are you going to upgrade to a full frame? Like, I don't have to upgrade to a full frame. Like I had full frame Nikon for years and, uh, and now I have Fuji and I, and I love it. Um, and like we get these, uh, I don't know, different aspects of like, like, uh, you know, studio lighting, you gotta have like your three lights set yeah. up and you have to have, you know, your subject, like sitting yeah. with a reflector oh, no. in the I know. Right. And like, I'm like, I work with toddlers. They are not going to hold their own yeah. reflector. Thank you very much. No, that reflector <laughs> is getting waved around. <laughs> the and and like I said, I do everything with one light. Right. But I still have this space. Kids yeah. run around, they jump on beds. Like I let kids be kids. Like you can do it. So yeah. There's no, there's no yeah. right way. And I, I'm a self-taught photographer. And sometimes I think that there's, that's the beauty of being a self-taught photographer because I didn't know the rules. I didn't know that I was breaking the rules. I just was like trying to find something that would work for me so that I could have consistency in my work. And so yeah, there's a little freedom in that sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I, and, um, I love, cause I, I was also self-taught where I, you know, I, I looked for education in, you know, 2011, 12, 13, when I was getting started and I, I didn't know where to look. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about creative Mm -hmm. live and like all these things. Uh, so I was like, well, I guess I will teach myself. I will get a camera and just mess around with the settings and see what aperture is. I didn't, didn't know uh, about, uh, ISO. So I had that cranked up, uh, for years, um, creating some nice grainy photos. <laughs> Get freedom back into your life with freedom edits. Do you often feel overwhelmed by the endless supply of photos, the amazing photos that you've taken, and you're just needing to edit them now? 
and they're just piling up and piling up. I know the feeling. I feel you. I was you not too long ago. But Freedom Edits is a team of photo and video editors who absolutely love to edit. You know that thing that you don't really super enjoy? Maybe you really love taking the photos, but you hate editing. These people love editing. They are a unicorn. They are amazing. And what I love about Freedom Edits, other than regaining more time to work on my business and spend afternoons with my kids and evenings with my wife, is that they are very hands-on with feedback. They want to know all the little tweaks you'd make to their edits, and then they learn how to better match your style. Now, I hardly have to adjust anything when I receive galleries back from my editor, Nick. What is up, Nick? You are amazing. So head to lightdarkco.com slash freedom to get 30% off your first order. Their prices are hella affordable anyway for the amount of time that they save you already. So get 30% off lightdarkco.com slash freedom and get more freedom in your life. I love that outlook and that mindset of it's this is not it doesn't have to be proper it doesn't have to be traditionally what studio lights look like if it works for you and you're consistently getting the product that you're wanting to get from this lighting setup then that's the proper setup mm -hmm. like exactly that's that's great yeah, yeah. so for for people who are are listening they're like okay cool sandra this sounds great um, I'm interested, but I still, whenever I use off-camera flash, whenever I set up anything, it looks terrible. What are maybe some tips that they can 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 do, or 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 maybe gear that they mm -hmm. need that instead of just having this bare yeah. strobe, yeah, uh, so they can set up. Really, when it boils down to it, lighting is pretty simple, and um, you know most of what you need to know already right because light is light so when i'm teaching i always tell mm. people like let's just think about what you already know from working with window light like let's just start there right so um, what it boils down to is you know power like intensity right shape size and distance and so like to get that, like for me, so again, natural looking light can mean something different to everybody, but for me, natural mm -hmm. looking light is that big, soft window light, like North, North light is what I was going for. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. well, what do we know about light? Well, we know that, um, the bigger your light source, the softer the light, right? So let's just start there. So if you're working, if you're in a room and you have a huge window, right, that's going to create softer light. Then if you have a little teeny tiny window, right, like that's going to create like a beam. Well, same will supply. Mm -hmm. So when you're taking your camera, you know, your light off camera, right, putting it on a stand, you want to start with that as like your foundation. So that's where modifiers come in. People get really freaked out by modifiers and it stops a lot of people because you walk into a camera store, or you go to like B&H or something, and there's like a thousand yeah. shapes and sizes and it's really overwhelming. So just reverse engineer. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what do you know about windows? Well, we know big light is soft light. So start with a really big modifier, right? Start there. Um, you know, power is really important. So I always tell people like, how do you like to shoot when you're working with window light? Are you somebody who likes a shallow depth of field? Do you, are you constantly shooting at F2, you know, two eight? Do you like, you know, if that's the case, then you need to make sure that you're turning your power down 
on your light. So you can shoot at that aperture. If you like shooting, you know, stop down, then, you know, that's fine too. And you get to that power by metering. So metering is really important when you're using artificial light, even if you're a digital photographer, digital photographers like to tell me they don't need to meter because they can see it on the back of their camera, but you do. Right. Um, uh-huh. So it's one of the things I teach in my book and in my classes is like how to properly meter and then how to meter for film if you're shooting film versus for shooting digital because they're a little different. But really, it's that simple. It's like you take it off camera, put it in a big modifier if you want soft light. We also know that the closer your light is, the softer it is, right? And the farther away uh-huh. it is, the harder it is. So you bring that light in nice and close. Closer your light is, the brighter it is. So again, you're going to meter and you're going to adjust your power. And it really is that yep. simple. I know I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. but um, it's all stuff that you probably already do if you're working with a window. Yeah. Did that make sense? Or did I yeah. just rattle that off way oh. too fast? <laughs> no, it, that makes total sense. Because uh, like that is the things that you think about when you're like placing a subject near a window and you're like, okay, now go over and stand by yeah. this window, but then it's just, it's super bright and you want to shoot at that lower aperture. You have them, you have them take back a step in. back. But what's great when you're using studio light, you can have them come in here. So you're getting that soft light and that wrap, you know, that wrapping light, those soft shadows. Then you just turn your light uh-huh. down. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, like pointing a remote at the sun yeah, and just, like, just being like, let me just turn this down, down a little, little bit. bit. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's yeah. just, it makes, it makes, um, a lot of sense, but yeah. So if you just approach it, like you're using a window, same rules apply. Mm. So when I, for the other thing to consider when it comes to modifier is the shape of your catch lights, right? Like I like really big chunky catch lights in my work. So that again, the closer mm. you are, and we know this from working with a window, if you have your people right up against a window, you're going to have this big catch light in their eye. And if you back them up, that catch light's going to get smaller. Same rules apply. Yeah. Um, so if you look at behind the scenes for me, I use a huge modifier. I have it really close to my people. My power is always way down. Um, and that's like how I do 99% of my work. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I I think that's, I think that's so um, such a great way of explaining things for, uh, cause that, that would have been like super helpful for me getting into uh, artificial light was that comparison to like, look at how you're already doing things with natural mm-hmm. light and reverse engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that was, that was something that um, a friend of mine um, or mentor of mine actually uh, had suggested to me when I was looking at um, like photographs on social media mm-hmm. or something, I was getting into like that comparison game mm-hmm. of, Oh man, I just want to like, do this or recreate whatever they're doing, or I wish I could do that. And it was like, look at what they're doing and like reverse engineer, look at the light. Like, you know, you're a photographer, you know what light does Mm -hmm. and reverse engineer. Where did they put the lights or where did they put their subject? Where's the light coming from? And, uh, you know, do you think that they're far from the light or are they right up against the light source and that kind of reverse engineering? And I love that you are like, reverse engineer the natural light photos that you're already taking that you love. And then you can create that with artificial mm-hmm. light. By, yeah. And it works with know, the strobe. Having... It works with the flash. People all the time are like, I only have speed lights. Can I do it? I'm like, yeah, light is light. You can do it with anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like the, the speed lights, you don't have as much control. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as far as power and everything, but it's, if you're on a budget and that's what you have and that's what you need to get started, you can absolutely use it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a, uh, this is propping this other window open, but I have yeah, like a cheap classic. little hundred dollar, <laughs> yeah, uh, speed light here. The, yeah. And then you can go. get okay. into all the fun things. So like, without I mean too complicated, but once you get comfortable with it, you really understand metering and you understand that then you can start doing crazy things. You can take that little speed light and bounce it off your window and light up that whole room where you can, you know, bounce it off a wall or whatever. Like that's where it gets fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm obsessed yeah. with it now. And it's so funny because like I said, I was like such a like diehard natural light photographer for like the first half mm -hmm. of my career. And, um, I don't, I, I just have no desire now to ever work with just natural light again. <laughs> You're like, nope, this is, this is great. I have all the creative freedom that I yeah. need. I don't have to worry about what the sun's exactly. doing. Uh, yeah. I love that. And, and I, I find that really interesting that you're talking about metering and like using a hand meter, um, for even, even digital photos. Um, cause that was something I kind of, Got back into uh, shooting on a film I don't know, two or three years ago um, where yeah, I still had my film cameras from like high mm -hmm. school. And I was like, I want to I want to get back into this. Like that was fun. And having that meter because I was like, I don't I can't take a practice photo no, and look at the, the back of my camera. Eyeballs. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, having that hand meter. um that uh that I mean, it worked so well for uh film photography that like i've been using that in my digital photography as well and just metering a scene and then that's it, it. Takes i just you go straight like into it 30 seconds to do it yeah and it yeah. guarantees that you have perfect exposure from shot one it's gonna like streamline your editing it just makes mm. everything so much easier. It really is such a good skill to have. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you have um, maybe like a, a couple tips or even um, uh, like specific gear? Like if, if someone's just like, okay, I want to get like that big, uh, you know, that big umbrella that you're talking umbrella about. I, I have no, like, like you said, like walking into B&H or something, you're just like, I don't know. Octo boxes. And I know. And, and there's oh. like skinny ones, long ones and round ones. And I, yeah. I, um, when I first started, I used the Westcott Apollo 5550 because it's a rectangle. It looked like a window. And like, I was just yeah, like, yeah. this is my portable window and I was trying to reverse engineer it. So, but uh -huh. I moved to umbrellas. So, and the reason for that is because they're so easy, right? Like a good umbrella, you mm. just open it and you put it on your light. There's no, speed rings. There's no, if, if anybody has ever wrestled with trying to get like a light into a speed ring, like it can take out your eye. Like it's very scary. Yeah. <laughs> very yeah. I was like, I don't want to mess with that. <laughs> so I'm a total Westcott girl. I'm a Westcott top pro now, but even before I was affiliated with the company, I used Westcott gear because they, um, it's just high quality at such a reasonable price. So my go-to gear now is I use the Westcott FJ 200 strobe. It's small. It's like a coffee cup, right? It's wireless, which is great nice. for me because I have kids running all over my studio. Um, so I don't have to oh, yeah. worry about people tripping or anything. It has a really long battery life. Um, 
It's 200 watt, which is more than enough. I never am using it on the high end. I'm always on the lower end. Um, so I just love that light. And I tell people like, it's great. It's so good. Um, they also have a 400 and then they have their flash, which is an 80, which is, I have all of them. I love them, but my go-to is the 200. And then I use the, um, they have a seven foot umbrella and they have a, like, they have that like translucent, like a shoot through. And then they have like the black with the white on the inside and black with silver on the inside have all three because I'm a collector, <laughs> but I use exactly. the shoot through and I use it as a bounce. And, um, so, you know, tradition, I don't know if this is too much, but tradition, you know, it's an umbrella shape and a traditional right. shoot through, you have that point, your light pointing at your subject coming through the umbrella. Well, I turn it around. Mm-hmm. So mine's still bouncing off the umbrella, even though it's a shoot through. That's why the internet likes to tell me I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. But it's really, really beautiful. <laughs> It works really yeah. well. It works great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just adds a, an extra layer of softness. It gives you this really subtle. Mm-hmm. That's how I get my window look. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I put a diffuser on the front of it too. So nice. Yeah. So even even soft. Yeah. And if people want, uh, I actually have um, a link to my preferred gear. So it shows you my stands and like all of the things. Oh, cool. So if people even just want to message me, I'm in the group. So if you just want to tag me, I'm happy to send people in a DM or we can just link it. I don't know, however you want to do it, but I'm happy to share my yeah. equipment list with people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We could, we could put that in the show notes and, uh, and people can still DM you, uh, yeah. and, and get that yeah. too. Um, awesome. I know that there were a few listeners whenever I had, uh, kind of announced that you were going to be uh, on the show in a couple weeks. Uh, they were like, Oh, I love her newborn photography. Like I, I really want to ask some questions about newborn yeah. photography. Um, and, and they weren't really specific questions about uh, like, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? It was more of just like, how do you, like, what is your approach with newborns? I know that, uh, that sometimes, newborns are, are very intimidating. They're intimidating to me. I'm just like, I don't know what to do with you, baby. Like <laughs> you're, you're sleeping or like the, the, the different poses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the newborn photography that I had seen kind of seemed cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's tends to be the, the Pinteresty type stuff that goes around. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like, do what, any of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, yeah, yours is very like, you're, you're not all like, you know, nope. propped up holding, holding there. Yeah. Um, no. But, uh, but what, what got you into newborn maternity photos? Did you start with mm-hmm. that or did you, um, yeah. you, you so started? Okay. I started my business in 1999 um, with a maternity photo that I took of my friend. So I was teaching kindergarten at the time and I, I'd always done photography, love photography. And we had, as just for fun, had taken photos of my friend Ginger when she was pregnant. And, um, like I said, I was teaching and as a first year teacher with a mountain student loan debt, cause I just come out of graduate school. I just couldn't live on my teacher salary. So I actually qualified yeah. for food stamps my first year teaching, which is shameful and another conversation that we only can have another time. <laughs> and, um, and I was at a school with a lot of new teachers and every, every one of the teachers in the ele- elementary school that I worked at had a second job. So people, most people were waiting tables or cocktailing after work. And I didn't want to do that. 
because teaching is really hard and exhausting and I didn't want to go and do that. So my friend Ginger was like, I love my photos that you did of me with my, my pregnancy. Why don't you put this out and offer that? You can do like photography on the weekend. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And it was the 90s. So it wasn't like maternity photography was just getting started. It wasn't what it is now. So that's what I did. So I turned her picture into um, like a postcard old school marketing mm -hmm. and like put it all over town and people started to call. Oh, so yeah. I started as a maternity photographer and obviously that led to babies. And right. again, Oh, sorry. My dog is barking. Um, oh, I'm fine. just going to ignore her. <laughs> um, and, then, uh, you know, um, with, with newborns that, you know, when I got started with newborn photography, newborn, also newborn photography wasn't, you know, this and, Right. That wasn't a yeah. thing, but over time, I I have very strong opinions about it. Hey, stop it! Sorry. Um, she's like, you've been talking for a like, while. I want to get it on this podcast like, now. This story a thousand times, and I'm over. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna just put her out in just a second, and then I'll tell oh, you sure. part, yeah, yeah, part B of my story. Okay, cool. Okay, dog is kicked out. Okay. She was barking at my son in the kitchen. It's like you live with him, but like, at you, any you know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep the live in our Facebook live. But um, yeah. so where was I? Oh, yeah. So I started doing maternity photography before, you know, all that posing was a thing. But I truly believe uh, that uh, babies are just perfect the way they are. Babies are beautiful just as they are. There's I, yeah. I get I make a I get a lot of hate mail when I say things like that. But um, that I'm going to say, but a lot of that posing that all of that posing requires a lot of training and um it's a lot of composites. It's a lot of that. And not people don't necessarily know that. And so babies get injured. And now that I've been yeah. in the, in the industry, as long as I, I have, I do think that that's something that as an industry, we need to start talking about more. And there are some people who teach it and teach that kind of posing who are very outspoken about baby safety. And I, you know, like Kelly Brown, who I totally respect so much. Um, Rachel Van Oven, you know, they, they, these photographers who do that kind of work, do it beautifully and then teach mm -hmm. baby safety. But yes. the reality is there's a lot of people out there that are doing that, that don't know how to do it. Babies are getting injured. So, um, it's not my style, my personal style, but I also think it's something that maybe people shouldn't do. And also babies are just beautiful the way they are. They don't need to be in a bucket or propped up on something to be cute, you know? Right. So like yeah. I just do yeah. baby led posing, which means the baby tells me what they like, you know, and I, my babies are only ever put in positions that babies naturally sleep in. So they're on their stomach, they're on their side, they're on their back, they're in the arms of their parents. That is it. Yeah. It's safe. They sleep through the whole thing. I'm never going to bend a baby in a way that a baby isn't meant to be bent or positioned. You know, I, I'm always, there's like mm -hmm. taco poses and froggy poses. I'm like, babies are not tacos. Let's just let them be babies. Okay. So that's yeah, my approach. Exactly. That is my soapbox. I will get off of it now, but that's my approach. And I tell people, you know, I am 23 years into this industry. I have a, at this point, a multiple six figure studio and, um, you can have a thriving newborn business without having to, you know, do those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so good to hear because, uh, I know the first couple of times, you know, I primarily a wedding photographer, I started in 
well, I started in families and then quickly went to weddings. Um, but as those couples in my first few years um, kept going with their families, they were uh, hitting me up for maternity photos and newborns. And I remember the first couple of newborn sessions I was like, oh, yeah, I'll try and do like the propped up because that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm, that's the mm-hmm. inspiration that they saw online. They didn't know. I didn't mm-hmm. know. Babies can't do Definitely. that. They can't hold their no. heads up like that. And and that that was composite. And like I had to find that out on the job, mm-hmm. um, which luckily, like I did not just like let a baby fall over or anything. But I was like, I don't know. He's not holding his head yeah, up. So let's not do this. They one. can't do it. And they end up with like C4 <laughs> injuries and stuff like, yeah, it's really bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's really great. And and I love that, you know, that's that's not your style. Mm-hmm. And and you tell your clients like, yeah, this isn't what I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Like these are other photographers who do this safely mm-hmm. if you want to do that. Um, so I think for, for those listening who are interested in uh, newborn photography, definitely um, put newborn safety first. Absolutely. Um, and but- I actually have a class that I teach my, my approach. That's just like really simple because there is still posing and there's still skill involved. Like I'll, I'll lay my babies on mm-hmm. their stomach and you know, you roll them over. There's certain ways that you soothe the baby that keep them happy. Um, that, yeah. that, you know, that we can teach. But, um, what I also want to say is that the fact that I don't do that as a newborn photographer is I think one of the reasons why I have such a busy studio because I cannot tell you how many of my clients come in and they chose to work with me because they were looking for newborn photography that wasn't that. And I was the only Mm -hmm. person that they found. So it's a way to like stand out in your market. Exactly. Yeah. Because whenever everyone is going one direction, it makes those who are doing their own thing going the other Mm -hmm. way really stand out. Um, And and there are people for everyone because there's definitely people who want. Oh, there are people for every. You could tell me like, you know, I I teach business and branding, you know, as well. And that's what I always Uh tell the people. It's like, you've got to figure out what you do, what you do. And then you just have to be willing to do it fearlessly. And if you, if you came to me and you're like, Sandra, my passion is to photograph mice on tiny mice furniture. And that's what I want to do. That is my life calling. I guarantee you there's somebody who is searching on Google right now for photos of mice and tiny mice furniture. Like there literally is something for everybody. Like, I don't care how weird it is, how out it is. Like if, if you want to do it, if you're called to do it and you go for it, there's somebody who's, there's a consumer looking for that. It's just how the world works. That was yeah. a really random yeah. example, by the way. I don't know. Yeah, I I would buy that artwork for sure. I'd put it up in my office. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm going to Google that now when we get off the call to look for it. There's, there's someone out there and that is their brand. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. And like for me personally, with newborn photos, I love the the family mm-hmm. aspect of it. And like the parents holding Mm -hmm. them or the older siblings, like, you know, caressing them or like playing with their hair or something like that. And that to me means more like for, for my own kids, like having those images means a lot more than having an image of a newborn in a watermelon. (laughs) Um, Cause it's like, 
you know, five years from now, they're going to be like, Mom, why am I in a watermelon? Why, was in a, why am I in a watermelon? <laughs> You're like, I don't know. We just kind of, we saw a watermelon. We thought, yeah, we'll put you in yeah. there. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, and I love that, that, uh, that business tip that you mm-hmm. gave, you know, find what you, what you do, love. find what you do, what yeah. makes you different yeah. and then do that yeah. and do it loudly. Yes. And um, like, unapologetically you know as visual artists we're literally the only person in the world who can see and capture something the way we see and capture it like no two people can see something the same way no two people can capture. Mm -hmm. that's why you go to like a conference or a class or something right and everybody can be photographing the same thing and everybody's images are going to look different and I really yeah. think that that's like the number one mistake that photographers make is that they ignore that. They ignore their, their way of seeing their natural way of capturing things. And they instead try to be like everybody else. They feel like, well, they should do this, or this is on trend, or this is what people want. And when you do that, mm. then you become one of many because everybody's doing that. But when you can just get really specific yeah. about like, this is my natural way of shooting. This is how I shoot. This is what I'm called to do and just do it with intention, then like you said, you, you do stand out. That's how you begin to build a signature style. Uh, when you have a signature style, that's how you create a unique brand. That's how you're seen in a saturated market. Yeah. I was, I'm glad you said saturated market. Yeah. Cause that's what I hear so many times from photographers, just the market's so saturated. I just don't know how I can get more business. And it's like, well, I do. You've got to stand out. <laughs> yeah. You got to be you. Cause when, like you just said, when you're doing, trying to replicate what everyone else is doing, everyone else is also yeah. doing that. And that is saturating your market because you're trying to be. Yeah. Them. And so then the only uh, thing people have to compare you by is your price. And then when people are, yeah. com- you know, comparing, you know, when you're being compared to on pricing, it's like a total race to the bottom. Like, don't oh, want to do for that. Sure. But if you're the, if you have a unique style and you're the only one who can create it, then price isn't an option. People just want what you do and they're going to pay yeah. whatever you're charging to get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I recently on, on TikTok found this cat photographer oh God, I love that. and like during the beginning of the pandemic, she lost her job and she was just at home with her cat. And she was like, I'm going to, I'm going to start photographing my cat and learn how to use a camera. And then she learned about lighting and like started bringing in uh, studio lights and, and that kind of stuff. And then people saw the photos that she was posting of her cat. And they're like, can you come like, take oh, photos of my cat? So and now she has like a six figure business photographing cats, which she loves. And I like, like, that's just cool. like the best story. Will you send me her, her information? Yeah. I want to follow her. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what yeah, I'm talking actually, about. Like, really, that's like, you know, I, like I said at the beginning, like lighting, you know, and business and branding, it's all it's all uh, meshed together in my mind. But that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm going to look up the the cat photographer um, while I'm doing yes. that. Could you? Um, oh, actually, no. Before we get into uh, where people can can follow you and, and all that and your podcast and everything, um, there's a part of the show that I like to do where we talk about what we're loving this week. Oh. Um, so it could be you know, a, a new movie, a book, um, um, uh, could just be uh, the the weather or whatever. Um, is there something that you are loving this? Oh week? gosh, gosh, that's such a great question. Um, well, I am loving the weather. It, we've had a, a like 
out of control rainy season here in Seattle. And the last two days it's been yeah. nice and we can see the mountains and it's beautiful. So I'm loving that. Yes. And also it's funny you should bring up TikTok because it's my new obsession. And I know I'm late to the game, but I was like, you know, I'm 50, like I'm too old for TikTok. But then I was like, then I got on TikTok and now I'm totally obsessed. And um, uh-huh. that's my new favorite thing. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love it. I, I also felt like, you know, even uh, it, it just TikTok to me, like the way that I saw it was just like a bunch of 13 year olds yeah. dancing. Yeah. And I was like, that's not for me. I'm too old for yeah. this. Like, I'm not going to get out there and do these like silly dances and stuff. <laughs> That's the You're robot. Like, that's the only, that's my go. <laughs> yeah. I can do the Macarena. <laughs> uh, but like, and then I got on TikTok and the algorithm is insane and it like learned what I like and then shows me cat I photographers. Mean, right? It's so great. Yeah. And then I'm like, yes, I love this cat photographer, which by the way, uh, I just pulled up her TikTok. It is the Cadams family. Oh my God. I love her so much so, already. She's got the pun in there I'm too. Totally writing uh, this down. It's yeah. The dot catums, which is C-A-T-T-A-M-S dot family. Um, um that's and, really funny. Yeah. Okay. She's just uh like uh this the spooky soul. <laughs> and uh and you know, her her cats are are like uh black cats and like dark calicos. And oh my god, I love it. Um, That's what, yeah, what's so fun about TikTok for me too is you realize that people are infinitely creative and it's just so fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I I need to like my TikToks they they have nothing to do with uh, rarely have anything to do with photography. I'm just like, I'm just like doing this for fun. Oh, that's just like fun. throwing some stuff we out actually, here. I came to my team and I was like, I'm obsessed with TikTok. We got to do a TikTok. So <laughs> um, they're like, okay. But so we just started a TikTok um, nice. channel and it's going to be focused primarily on lighting education. So if people want to cool. um, learn lighting, we have a lot of metering tutorials on there because I believe in it so much. So people can follow nice. me on TikTok and I probably won't be dancing, but um, I'm not going to make that promise entirely. You cool. just don't know. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I, I just followed oh, you. Good. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sandra Cohn Photography on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, sweet. Okay. I love that. Um, okay. So what I'm loving this week is a new movie um, that I saw. I wasn't wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not. It's about um, like, like psychological drugs. Um, it's called Spiderhead. Uh, and it has Miles Teller and um, one of the Hemsworths. I think it's Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Thor. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it like follows this group of um, uh, penitentiary uh inmates who got an opportunity to have a little bit more freedom while going through these uh like human trials for uh these new drugs and stuff and then you kind of find some stuff out about uh about everything that's going on so i i thought it was pretty good um it's not like you know uh an oscar winner or anything like that but but it was a yeah, it was it's kind of a, a a fun movie. It was interesting. I like those kind of psychological type 
thrillers and um and I like I don't know. I, I also like Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, right. So uh so that I'll was awesome. Check it out. Um but yeah, it's on it's on Netflix, Spiderhead. Nice. Uh but yeah. Okay. Sandra, yes. where can everyone find you? Uh they already know about your TikTok, right. uh Sandra Cohn Photography there. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, where else can people follow you? Where can they uh find your education, mm-hmm. uh your podcast, all of yeah, those Yeah, so um my podcast, I've been taking a little bit of a break. So but there's some old episodes on it, but, um, we call it beyond natural light and, um, you can go and listen there. I also have a, a Facebook group called beyond natural light where people get together and we talk about lighting and, you know, things like that. Of course, Instagram is, uh, Sandra Cohn, C-O-A-N and, um, Instagram, you're going to see a lot of my behind the scenes. We do a, a lot of reels kind of showing that sort of thing. Cause I know people are interested about it. Um, my mm. book is called crafting the natural light look, and you can find it, you know, at all the normal places like Amazon or whatever. Um, yeah. and then Sandra Cohn education is my website and that's where you're going to find my classes. So I have um, a lighting class called the missing link. That is like my signature course. We've had thousands of photographers go through that at this point and learn to create natural looking light with strobes and flash. <laughs> and then I also have a business program called the six figure studio that teaches photographers, um, branding and marketing uh, so that they can stand out in the saturated market. Yes. Oh, I love it. Okay, cool. Well, um, yeah, I'll have links uh, to all those different places, uh, the courses and everything uh, in the show notes for, uh, for all of you listeners, you can go in there and you can follow Sandra, learn from her, uh, you know, send her a DM, just be like, I loved uh, your stories uh-huh. about the newborns and stuff in the podcast. Um, but yeah, well, Sandra, thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed getting to talk with you. Yeah, today. I had a blast. Thanks for asking me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Light and Dark Photography Podcast. As always, you can check out all of the things in today's episode in the show notes at lightdarkco.com slash podcast slash 127. This podcast was recorded in front of a live Facebook audience. Join us for the next live episode by joining the Light and Dark Photography Podcast group on Facebook. It's also a great place to build your community. Find other photographers and creative entrepreneurs uh, in your area and all around. Um, Anytime that I'm traveling, I always post in there to see if I can meet up with anyone. On Instagram, you can follow the show at LightDarkCo. Sandra is at Sandra Cohn. That's C-O-A-N. And you can find me at All Heart Photo. If you love this episode, it would make my day if you would screenshot or share through Spotify or Apple or however you listen to your podcast and just share with some friends. Um, I always love meeting new friends and building this community that we have around this podcast. Until next week, I'll see you in the Facebook group. Goodbye.